Gary Woodland was nails Sunday at Pebble Beach to win his first major. But it's only the third coolest thing he's accomplished this year. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, Aaron Stewart, Data Access Golf, the podcast. Thanks for joining me today, the day after Father's Day, the day after one of the coolest tournaments I have seen ever, some of the coolest shots I have ever seen on obviously one of the coolest courses we've ever got to watch. Uh, Just a really great weekend. I hope all of you who are fathers enjoyed the weekend and all of you who are golfers enjoyed it a little bit more because that was awesome. That couldn't have gone any better. First, I want to shout out to the USGA who I have been very, very negative on lately, but that setup was awesome. Phil Mickelson came out and said it's been the best setup he's seen at a U.S. Open in a long time. I think ever, I think is what he said. The coolest part about all of it is that we did not hear the players talk about the course. We, did not, we didn't hear the announcers talk about the course and the setup of the course. We only heard them talk about how great the course was. And obviously, Pebble Beach is renowned. It's a national treasure, as Mike Davis said earlier in the week. But they left it alone. They let Pebble Beach be Pebble Beach. And we were absolutely um, mesmerized by what great, amazing quality golf we got to see. I mean, it was so amazing to see these great players go out and play well. I was surprised to see Justin Rose struggle on Sunday. I really thought that he would play better than that. I thought that it would be a little bit tighter. But I am just absolutely thrilled for Gary Woodland. Uh, I, 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 did, I did find it interesting that it seemed to me, and I don't know how you guys felt about it, but it seemed to me that the crowd kind of got behind Brooks Kepka a little bit, which was kind of interesting, right? He's sort of been the, the um, antagonist in the golf world recently, winning all these majors, four out of his last eight. Um, but yeah, the crowd kind of got behind him, but I thought that the crowd was awesome. I, I kind of got a little annoyed um, when when Gary was on the tee before teeing off on 17 um, with those guys there. I think I probably would have hit some of them in the mouth. I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm not a violent person, but it just drives me crazy when people are yelling and trying to get, I don't know if they're trying to get on TV or just hear their voices or they're just drunk. I don't know what the situation is, but I wish they'd all shut up. And um, But once the uh, arms went up, everybody was quiet and, and Gary was able to hit that shot. I... I don't know about, but, but that, that pitch shot on 17 was gorgeous. I mean, when it first landed on the downslope, I was like, uh-oh, checked up. I mean, it was, it was awesome. And I don't know how many of you, I, I started chipping, um, sort of exposing the bounce a lot more about three, four years ago. I was working with Fred Shoemaker and he kind of showed us. We literally went to a practice screen and practiced pitching on a practice screen after Fred was very careful to show us how to do it. And we're all pretty proficient in this mastery group. And and that was a really amazing way because if you expose the bounce, you really don't hurt the grass. So it was really a cool way to learn how to hit that shot. But Gary hit it beautifully. I I mean, under that amount of pressure 
you're talking about a very tight lie. There's no margin for error. And he just hit it. You could just hear it. It was crisp. It was solid. It was in the dead center of the club face. And he just bruised the ground. And, oh, man, it's beautiful. That was really cool. Then his three wood on 14 was astounding. Kind of an interesting little shot. It looked like it was kind of like fading at first. And then I don't know if there was a little wind or something. Kind of took it back over. It landed just over the sand trap and kind of held up. Really cool. Just he never backed down and he kept going and it was beautiful to watch. Going into it, there was some questions about Gary and if he would be able to hold on to this lead because he was 0 for 7 previously in 54 whole leads, right? Going into the final day. The last one, the last time that occurred was in, was on, um, was on, let's see, it was, it's Maui. Kapalua's on Maui and they were playing there in the Tournament of Champions and um, Gary went out and actually had the lead and played really well. He shot, a, I think, a 500 par 68. I think the par, par 73 on Kapalua. But Xander Shoffley just, what, shot a 61 or something, went super low and, and clipped Gary by a couple or one. I can't remember what the, what the outcome was. But Gary did not play poorly. He did not fold. He threw down a very good solid round, and you would never think if you threw down a round like that that anybody'd catch you. But Xander Shoffley just was special that day and got it done. And Gary, to his credit, said, hey, you know, I did exactly what I needed to do, and it just didn't work out because Xander had one of those days. Well, yesterday, Gary did essentially the same thing. He um, kind of struggled there in the middle of the round, and then caught himself, sort of fixed it, and that was so impressive to see him lose a few right and this settle into it and get his natural rhythm and timing back and play so well the rest of the round. It was, it was extraordinary. And then the bomb on 18 was awesome. It just was a great day. Now, seeing the title of this particular episode, I say that it's only the third coolest thing that's happened to Gary Woodland this year. I want to expand on that. Obviously, we know those of us who follow golf closely know that Gary's had a, a, a couple tough years. Um, he has um, that they they he and his wife Gabby have lost a child a miscarriage and any one of us who have gone through that knows that that is a brutally hard thing to take. Uh, but they got little Jackson here and he's got he was a dad he got to celebrate Father's Day with as U.S. Open uh, champion, uh, which is very cool. Have his mom and dad there, which was very cool. But he also found out earlier this year that he is going to be a father of two identical twin girls. That my friends, is the coolest thing that's happened to Gary Woodland this year. That goes as number one. The second coolest thing that's happened to Gary Woodland this year was at the Waste Management Open, where he was defending champion and showed up there and played a practice round with Matt Kuchar and was involved in what turned out to be the most viral video in PGA Tour history. When he um, joined with Amy Bockerstedt, who is a special Olympian in golf, uh, she's Down syndrome, cute little thing. She came out and played number 16, the loudest hole on the face of the earth, with both Gary and Matt Kuchar. Um, both of them were complete gentlemen and sweet as can be. I, had, I have a Down syndrome aunt who's since passed on, bless her. God rest her soul. Tammy Sue Stewart, we love you. I have a, a very soft place in my heart for Down syndrome individuals. They are special. 
They are gifts from God. And it was so beautiful to see Gary Woodland um, respect the beauty of this little person. And her golf game was extraordinary. I don't know if you watched this. We, uh, we did a Facebook Live earlier today on Data Access Golf, the Facebook page, where we showed the video. But literally, Gary um, meets Amy on the tee. She hits, I believe, what's her three wood into the sand trap. She then plays a masterful sand shot. And if you watch her wrists, she releases through the ball, scoops it beautifully, puts it up there. And I, I don't know if she had like an, a, an eight to 15 footer somewhere in there. And she rolls in the putt for par. And the place goes nuts. Gary is obviously tickled pink, gives her a hug. It's the sweetest video you've ever seen. That, I would, I would suggest that that is the second coolest thing that Gary Woodland has accomplished and experienced this year. And then the U.S. Open would come in a very resounding third, but really cool. Super, super cool stuff. Gary Woodland is, uh, he's someone that I worry about, and we will do an analysis on his swing later. I've always been worried with his golf swing. He's very powerful. He generates a lot of speed. But up at the top of his swing, he has this little, it's almost like a, a, a little flop where he's, he changes directions and it and his wrist just kind of go floppy, which creates a lot of club head speed. I understand that, but it also creates a lot of variability in the golf swing. And for us amateurs, that kind of move just scares the bedoogles out of me. But Gary Woodland, obviously, it didn't seem like, and again, I'm excited to go back and look at his swing, but it didn't seem as pronounced as it normally was. He seemed to have a bit more structure in his wrists, which would breed a ton more consistency. And we'll see here in the data as we go through it that he was more consistent. Uh, so we'll take a look at that. And he has been more consistent this year. So we'll take a look at that as we dive into the data. But just a really cool tournament. So uh, just really excited for how it worked out. It couldn't have gone better as far as I was concerned. It was a great day. So let's dive into the data that matters on this Data Monday. We do it every week. We'll look at the numbers that got it done for Gary Woodland. And we'll also look at how his numbers compared to our benchmark numbers to see how they stack up there. I, I am sad to announce that the PGA Tour um, did not update their stats, haven't been able to update their stats. I believe that it has something to do with the fact that the USGA ran the tournament. They did have quite a few stats, but not as many as the PGA Tour keeps track of. So we'll see if they don't update those stats down the road. I'm act I actually was really interested to see, to see a few things. So we'll take a look at that and see how that goes. Can we take a sip of a drink here real quick? Nice. There we go. Okay. So let's jump right into it. First, just a little history on Gary Woodland that I thought was interesting. He joined the tour in 2009. He's now a four-time winner on the PGA Tour, obviously winning yesterday at the U.S. Open. But he won the Waste Management in 2018, the Reno Tahoe Open in 2013, and the Transition Championship in 2011. So that's four wins now for him. Obviously, with the major, he's got a five-year exemption, which is huge. I mentioned earlier, he was 0 for 7 with a 54-hole lead. He is one of only four individuals who has won the U.S. Open with double digit being double digit under par, which I think is really cool. That's just how well he played. He was actually one stroke less at minus 13, one stroke lower than Tiger Woods' record-setting performance at, at Pebble Beach, what, umpteen, what, 15 years ago, was it? I can't remember how long ago it was. It was quite some time ago. I think Tiger Woods was minus 12. 
And I think Ernie Els was plus three, like 15 strokes. He won it by a mile. But Gary Woodland clipped him on that, which I think is super impressive, especially with how difficult they had the course set up. Um, but again, completely fair. They did a great job. All right, let's see. Best results in majors so far in his career. He's tied for 24th in the Masters. That's as low as he's been. He's been tied for 6th in the PGA Championship. And in the British Open, British Open, not the Open Championship, the British Open, his best finish is tied 12th. We'll see how he does this year at that one, the last remaining major next month. And, uh, and then he is star of the most viral PGA Tour video ever with one Amy Bockerstedt that we already talked about. Okay, what does this do? What does this win do for Gary Woodlands in the rankings? In the World Golf Rankings, he went into the week ranked 25th. He is now 12th. So that's quite a jump right there, right? 13 spots. In the FedEx Cup ranking, he went from 9th, 9th, all the way up to 5th. So he was already in... He was already in top 10 position. That's how well he's played this year, quietly. And we'll look at some of those numbers a little bit later. Okay, his consistency rating. Again, this is calculated by taking how many tournament events he's entered, and we divide that by how many cuts he's made. He's entered 245 tournaments in his career, and he has made 190 cuts. That is a 78% cut made percentage, right? That is his consistency. 78%. Where does that put him in our consistency scale? We've got legends are 90 and above, and we have our elite players at 88 to 89. Our solid players are 70 to 79. That would put Gary in that position there, but he is trending higher. He is trending toward an elite player. We've got our good players at 60 to 69, and then those who are struggling to keep their card usually make um, their cuts 59% or lower. And those would have been Connors, Homa, and Kang. Now that they've won, they obviously will keep their cards for a few years. The good player so winners so far this year, Kisner, McDowell, Pan, Palmer, and Na. The solid players, Holmes, Mitchell, Casey, and Woodland. The elite players who have won this year with uh, cuts made in 80 to 89%, Kepka, McElroy, Molinari, Dustin Johnson, Mickelson, Justin Rose, and Cantlay. It's really amazing with Mickelson because he's been playing so long. And then, obviously, Gary Woodland is now at 78% and trending uh, in, in, a, in a very good way. And I'll, what I mean by that is, for 2019, Gary has made 94% of his cuts. That is trending strongly, right? That is Tiger Woods, rarefied air, legend status if he'd done it for his whole career. But he is trending in the right direction. Obviously, if he continues going along at this pace, he will bust into that elite category 80 to 89% later this year. Um, 20, let's see, and this is how he's been trending. He, he came in on tour in 2019, but I only looked at 2015 on. He made 63% of the cuts in 2015. That would put him in the good range. In 2016 and 2017, he, was, he made 85% of his cuts. That would put him into the elite range, right? And then last year, he dropped down to 78%. He had some trouble with his wife and uh, a miscarriage and things. We those sorts of things are killer to your mental state. So we dropped a little bit there, but we come screaming back this year at 94%. Has a lot to do with a lot of things, I believe. And I believe some of that has to do with his golf swing for sure. So that is cool stuff there. Let's see, what else can we look at? Um, but trending in the right direction. Okay, we'll jump into these. This is our benchmark review. 
And I want to sort of um, apologize because we don't have all the stats that we'd normally have. Again, I, I believe that there's just some, the PGA Tour is just waiting to get them from the USGA because it was technically their tournament. At, at, uh, and I, hopefully they'll get them eventually, but I, I don't really know. And when you look at the USGA site, they don't have all the stats we typically look at. So we're just kind of holding, I believe that because it is a major, they'll eventually get them based on what I've seen in previous years, but we'll see. Okay, so for driving accuracy for Gary Woodland, he, av he averaged this week 71%. And again, US Open fairways, usually a little tighter. For In 2018, he averaged 63.2%. So we can see his consistency, his accuracy with his driver was quite a bit higher than it was last year and on a course that's quite a bit more difficult, quite a bit more narrow. So this was actually probably a 15 point increase in his accuracy. Our benchmark for driving accuracy is 55%. So Gary Woodland, his driving accuracy is well within those, well above that benchmark. Greens and regulation, so Gary averaged 71% in 2018. For the US Open, he averaged 72%. But again, we're talking about the smallest greens on tour at Pebble Beach. Um, and literally has the smallest screen on tour. So to, you'd probably have to add you know, 5, 10, 15 points there and say that he was probably closer to 80% if you considered the size of regular PGA Tour greens, but very, very good there. And both of those, 72 and 71%, are, are above our benchmark, which is 65% um, greens and regulation. Players that hit less than 65% of the greens and regulation would be Phil Mickelson, Jason Duffner, and Patrick Reed, just to kind of give you some idea of what we're talking about. So 65% is a very solid number, as is 55% for driving accuracy. Um, only work on those aspects of your game if you are below these benchmark numbers. Focus on where you're weakest to get your game as, as, as good as it possibly can the very quickest way possible. Okay, sand saves. For the tournament, Gary Woodland averaged 80% up and down from the sand. In 2018, he only averaged 52%, so a very solid up and down game out of the sand. Uh, this was something that I did not take into consideration. Obviously, Data Access Golf chose Rory McIlroy to win the tournament based on the numbers all coming into this. But one number I did not calculate in, and I definitely should have, and, and, and I believe this skewed it quite a bit, was sand saves. Around, because the greens are so small and the course has, is protected by so many sand traps, a lot of people hit into a lot of sand traps. And at one point during the third round, I heard that Justin Rose, who played very, very well, had gotten up and down out of the sand 14 out of the 16 times he was in the sand. Where Rory McIlroy was struggling to, I believe it was like six out of 14 or something like that, so less than half, where Justin, where, um, Justin Rose was quite a bit higher than that, right? Up into the 80 percentile. So I didn't calculate that in, that probably would have changed the numbers a little bit and skewed it away from Rory McIlroy, but didn't get it in there, so it didn't count. But I was really interested to see how that ended up. Justin Rose struggled that last day on a number around the green and out of the sand trap and with putting. I was interested to see if we had those numbers, exactly where that all fell apart, and to see where Rory McIlroy's sand numbers, scrambling numbers out of the sand, uh, sand saves where his percentage was to kind of get an idea of why he didn't play better than we thought he would. Because some of his other numbers actually looked quite good. 
Uh, as far as strokes gained putting, really don't have a number on that. But for the as far as 2018, because the stats didn't update. But for this tournament, I know that it was. I know that Gary has not been known as a very good putter. So he's probably around the average somewhere, either plus or minus would be my guess. But for this week, he averaged over two strokes around on the greens above the field. So he picked up eight strokes on the field on the greens. So excellent putting for sure for Gary Woodland on Poana, coastal Poana greens, which can be very difficult, especially those final two days when you're playing in the last groups, as he did. That's when they're the bumpiest and the toughest to putt, but he did very well, amazingly well. We don't have any scrambling numbers and we really don't have any putting numbers as far as 20 to 25 and five feet, those that we normally cover. His putts per round for this week, he was 27.5 putts per round. He averaged 2018, 29.75. Our benchmark there is 30. So he was just barely below our benchmark of 30 putts per round. Um, so Gary, again, Showing us typically Gary is not known to be a very strong putter, but that was not the case um, last. That was not the case this last weekend, and it has not been the case this year. His putting has gotten a lot better this year. Okay, so let's just dive right into the money. This part is always kind of fun. So Gary Woodland for his victory picked up two point two five million dollars with a score of two hundred and seventy one. That means that he pulled in $562,500 per day, which equates to $112,500 per hour, assuming a five hour round, which equates to $8,302.58 per stroke. Okay, that's why, that's why they take time to line those little putts up, right? Because it's eight grand riding on them. So for his career, his number now is $25.5 million for his career since 2019. He has made 190 cuts over that period, which, equ which equates to $134,478.53 per cut made. Pretty decent, right? If you made $134,478, every week of your career, that would be pretty good. That's a pretty good number. Okay, as far as the money per cut totals go, we know that Tiger Woods, Woods is number one. He makes $367,000 per cut. Roy McIlroy in second place at $340,000 per cut. Dustin Johnson in third place, $293,000 per cut. Justin Thomas, $273,000 per cut. And Brooks Kepka might actually be up into fourth place with his second place victory, but I was unable to update these numbers based on the PGA Tour stats um, website being not quite updated yet. So good numbers there, great for Gary Woodland. I also threw in there, typically when I go through the PGA stats website after the victory, I pull out the screens that have, it always lists the top five in every category. And I pull out any screen that's got the winner's name in it. And Gary Woodland obviously finished. Um, he's in the top five for the FedEx Cup now. So he obviously finished on that screen. But this was another one. Gary Woodland is finished. He's tied third for the number of top 10 finishes this year. He has eight top 10 finishes this year. And that ties him with Matt Kuchar and Patrick Cantley, both gentlemen who have won previous to this year and played very well. John Rahm is actually in second place with nine top tens. Um, no victories yet this year, right? 
And then Rory McIlroy has 11 top 10s this year, and he's been in 14 events, so he's only missed. He's only been out of the top 10 three times all year, which is extraordinary. The tour average is 16 events and only two cuts. I mean, only two top 10s. So you can see Rory McIlroy is quite dominant there this year. So that's essentially it for today as far as the data that matters. Congratulations to Gary Woodland for an amazing performance. That was nails yesterday. I just never, he just one time after, every time he got a little nervous and, and felt like he might uh, be struggling a bit, he didn't. That three wood on 14, that pitch on 17, um, to pull it back together and start hitting some drives. Uh, I can't, what is it, 13? That approach that he threw up in the air, everybody thought he was going to the middle of the green. He threw it straight up in the air and, and then had a birdie putt. Ah, <laughs> it was just good golf, folks. That was really fun to watch. I really enjoyed it. I hope you did as well. Until next time, this is Aaron Stewart say thank you, say, saying thank you for joining me. And please remember, better data always means better golf. Till next time, thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com, and we'll see you on the next episode.